Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zelmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Barry Sears about inflammation and nutrition. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They have greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hi, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice, and I am a frequent contributor on the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, And I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury, and it actually just went on Amazon last night. So that's super exciting, you guys. Be sure to check that out on Amazon. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. Today, my guest is Dr. Barry Sears, and Dr. Sears is a leading authority on the dietary control of hormonal response. A former research scientist at the Boston University School of Medicine and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Dr. Sears has dedicated his research efforts over the past 30 years to the study of lipids. He holds 13 U.S. patents in the areas of intravenous drug delivery systems and hormonal regulation for the treatment of cardiovascular disease. His research has elevated food from more than simply a source of calories to being recognized as an exceptionally powerful drug. Because of his revolutionary research, he has been a frequent guest on many national programs such as 2020, Today, Good Morning America, CBS News, CNN, and MSNBC. Dr. Sears continues his ongoing research as the president of the nonprofit Inflammation Research Foundation in Marblehead, Massachusetts. In addition to continuing research on the hormonal effects of food, Dr. Sears has expanded his research in developing innovative dietary approaches to treating cancer and neurological conditions, as well as his ongoing work in treating cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Sears. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yes, I'm real excited to hear, you know, nutrition is so important for everyone and everyone has inflammation, but when you have a brain injury, you know, you likely have a lot of inflammation. And so I'm real excited to hear what you have to say about how we can use our diet to help us with our inflammation. And I think I would love to start with you just sharing with us, you know, how you started this journey, what, what got you interested in, you know, nutrition and inflammation and um, the, all the research you do. I think it's fascinating. 
Well, what really started my journey was the <clears throat> death of my father in his early 50s from heart disease, and he was a world-class athlete. But I also realized that I carried a, a, a really a, a genetic predisposition to early death from heart disease because all of his brothers also died in their early 50s of heart disease, as wow. did my grandfather. So I could either basically live fast or die young, or wow. I could try to find some way to understand what really caused heart disease. When I went to the Boston University School of Medicine, uh, it was kind of like a, a tabula rasa. Nobody really knew. But I became convinced that the underlying cause was not high cholesterol, but high levels of inflammation. And that led me on a journey to understand how to control inflammation, not by using drugs, but really by treating food as if it were a drug to keep the levels of inflammation in a zone. Not too high, what begins to harm us, but not too low, where we can't not fight off microbial infections or have physical injuries heal. So that led me on a journey that basically has been a 40-year uh, journey to understand the nuances of inflammation and how we can use our diet as a drug to keep it in that zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're real familiar of the brain-gut connection as well. No and question about it. And that's, and that's why as we go on each each decade, the connection between the diet we have and the organs, the communication between the gut and the brain becomes more and more complex, which makes it more and more fascinating of how we can intervene with that and basically change very quickly the levels of inflammation in the brain, also by changing the levels of inflammation in the gut. You know, and I, I think you just sort of alluded to something, you know, you said over the years we've come to understand things. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when we talk about the brain-gut access and how your diet is really important to healing your brain after an injury, a lot of people are like, oh, that's a bunch of hooey, you know? <laughs> and I get it, you know, like 20 years ago, we didn't know what we know today. Um, and I think also our foods have changed, right? You know, you know, we have GMOs, we have lots of processed foods, um, you know, and I think we just need to be a lot more conscious about what we choose to put in our bodies. Well, as a great philosopher Pogo said, we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. It isn't <laughs> that we are dupes uh, being of, you know, fooled by the processed food industry. The processed food industry exists because we demanded cheap food. We got mm-hmm. it, but there was a collateral damage. The collateral damage was unleashing a tsunami of inflammation. We understand the reasons why now, 50 years later, but the damage is ongoing and accelerating on a worldwide basis. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's kind of jump into the whole inflammation diet. And, you know, what, what are some things we can do to help control the inflammation we have going on? And well, I guess also, ways, well, are there differences between inflammation in the brain and elsewhere in your body, or is it all the same? It is all the same. But there's two parts of the inflammation. There's the turning it on and the turning it off. So you can use the diet to help turn it off. But in terms of, of, of basically reduce the intensity of turning it on, but you need now certain other parts of our diet in very high dosages to turn it off. And particularly the brain, that particular ingredient are called omega-3 fatty acids. Mm-hmm. They are the switches that turn off inflammation uh, in every organ in your body, but in particularly the brain. 
And so one of the factors of basically looking to treat uh, severe brain trauma, and these are the people who basically you wheel to the end of the hospital and you hope they die because if they wake up, they'll end up being a vegetable, is to basically give them high doses of fish oil to get into the blood so it can get from the blood to the brain to put out the fires of inflammation. And without that, then basically the likelihood of long-term success of not only putting out the fires, but to rebuild the brain are now highly compromised. I'm just, I'm processing this. It's, you know, the fatty acids is something I continually hear over and over and over again. And the omega-3s. And I mean, is your recommendation the foods, the supplements, or both? It is really, in terms of treating something like brain trauma, it really has to be the supplements. Uh, mm-hmm. Our primary source of omega-3 fatty acids are fish. Unfortunately, right. all fish in the world today are contaminated, contaminated by toxins we've thrown into the, into the atmosphere and in the environment over the last two generations, things like mercury and also uh, polychlorinated biphenols. They're everywhere. And especially the polychlorinated biphenols, these are called PCBs. They are known neurotoxins. So if you're trying to eat enough fish to basically promote brain health, then eating large amounts of neurotoxins is not a good idea at the same time. So that's why now using highly refined omega-3 fatty acids to get both the potency and the purity you need to uh, to put out the fires in the brain. And at the same time, those same omega-3 fatty acids now become the agents of resolution and regeneration in the brain. It's one thing to put out the inflammation, but now you have to regenerate new brain tissue to basically take its place, just as you do in a heart attack. When basically the heart tissue dies, you form what are called collaterals, new vessels which now supply the heart with oxygen. You have to do the exactly the same thing around the damaged areas of the brain to rebuild new neural tissue to reestablish new connections. But that can only and, be done if you put out the fire in the first, in the first place. And I, I think you sort of alluded to this, and I think I know the answer, but um, also the omega-3 fatty acids, they're also preventative, correct? Well, the, the, the only side effects I know of of high-dose omega-3 fatty acids is they make you happy and they make you smart. <laughs> Now, that's not a flip statement because high-dose omega-3 fatty acids are also very effective in treating depression. Yes. If you're not depressed, then taking the same levels of omega-3 fatty acids make you happier. The high levels of omega-3 fatty acids, the ones we've used in treating brain trauma, are also very effective in terms of reducing uh, ADHD. If you don't have ADHD and you become more focused, that makes you smarter. So as a mm-hmm. as a quasi-drug omega-3 fatty acids given in therapeutic dosages are remarkable agents. But that is the big question. What's a therapeutic dose? And that's why one of the things we've done in our research is to look for markers in the blood that gives us guidance how much should a person be requiring to basically have optimal brain function and, more importantly, to put out the fires in every organ in the body caused by excess inflammation. And, I mean, you know, the FDA, or not the FDA, um, oh, I can't come up with it, um, but the recommended daily allowance, RDA, um, of fish oils, you know, like what they tell us we should have is like 
way too low, correct? There's no question. Uh, if we had to basically look at, at the poster population for people who take adequate levels of omega-3 fatty acids, it would be the Japanese. Uh, these people have the of longest, longest lifespans in the world, the longest health spans. That's lifespan minus mm-hmm. years of disability, the lowest rates of uh, depression in the world, and the lowest rates of heart disease. So, again, say that becomes kind of a, a, a poster boy or a poster population. But they are the largest consumers of omega-3 fatty acids in the world, and you can measure the levels in their blood. And by that criteria, a recent article was published that uh, probably 98% of the world's population are deficient in omega-3 fatty acids. And at the lower end of the spectrum is the U.S. population. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to learn from the Japanese, don't we? <laughs> well, uh, again, it's uh, a saying we, there's a lot to be learned of saying, looking at that's an epidemiological study. Yeah. But then we have yeah. now the intervention studies to say, okay, maybe they're genetically different. If that's true, we should be able to take populations who have severe levels of inflammation give them adequate therapeutic doses of omega-3 fatty acids and see dramatic improvements in their condition. And those, published, those studies have been published since 1989. The first published report was in the New England Journal of Medicine. And what they showed, the high levels of omega-3 fatty acids, you reduce the levels of inflammation and blood markers, which are the primary blood markers we use today, to measure the levels of inflammation. So it's been out there for more than 30 years. You know, and I've had, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Michael Lewis. He's been on my podcast. Yep, I, I, know my, I know Michael very well. Yeah, he's amazing. I, I love having him on, you know, and he talks a whole ton about the Omega-3 protocol. And, and just in general, when I have other experts on, they, you know, at, at some point we end up talking about omega threes, fatty acids. And it's like, how many times do we have to hear it before we take it seriously right because i think often people we hear it but then we're like well i don't know where to start and i don't even know well, like do i just go to dnc and get a bottle of fish oil you know that would be that would be probably probably your worst mistake because <laughs> right. uh, again if you're going to if you're going to gnc to get a bottle of fish oil you might take one capsule a day won't help you but at least it's right. not going to hurt you one of the problems of fish oils uh, the commercial fish oils you get is that they're very rich in these uh, polychlorinated biphenols, or PCBs. And so if you take a therapeutic dose, you could be getting basically significantly toxic levels of those PCBs, and they're like the Roche Motel. Once they enter your body and your brain, they don't leave. Well, that's frightening. <laughs> well, it is. And it, it, but but, but, it, but it, it's a reality you want to be aware of, yeah. so you can now search out for those uh, fish oils that are basically yes. demonstrated Quality. to be very low in PCBs. It mm-hmm. always does. But in the other aspect, yes. we have so much confusion that we have so many of, quote, published studies, which are these uh, so-called meta-analysis, which is like making sausage, taking a lot of bad studies and making another bad study, saying fish oils don't have any benefits. Well, at placebo levels, they will have no benefits, no question about that. But a therapeutic level is different than a placebo level. And that's why the number of studies which have done using high-dose fish oils, giving therapeutic levels, are relatively limited. But in the cases we've seen that, in every case, the results are remarkable, whether it be brain trauma, 
of reversal of, of vision problems, the, the eye is connected to the brain, or treating of you know depression, another uh, or attention deficit disorder. These are all neurological conditions, all related to increased inflammation in the brain that you can reduce, but only if you take a therapeutic level, and more importantly, you may have to take that therapeutic level for the rest of your life. You know, in early in my recovery, um, well, not super early, but about a year and a half in, I did attempt to start taking supplements, and then I just couldn't remember. Like, I mean, it was ridiculous, the whole, you know, brain injury, memory loss stuff. Um, yes. And at about two and a half years, I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I have a system. I can do this now. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of people like, well, but it's so expensive, and you know, okay, it is it is definitely more expensive to buy quality over going to GNC, right? However, I find that I'm trying to think how to word this. I find that when I'm taking a quality supplement, I feel it. Like literally, I can feel it in my body. And I have more energy. And like you said, I'm probably happier. And I'm not as hungry. And my point there exactly. is I'm saving money in my grocery bill by spending the extra money on the high quality supplements. And honestly, or, 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 put, or, put, or put it this way that you're, you're basically protecting the most valuable investment you have your yes. brain. Yes. What price do you want? What price tag do you put on that? And, and honestly, like if you're going to just go to GNC and spend $20 on a box of, of fish oil, just save the $20. Like don't even put it in your body. <laughs> I, I would agree 100%. <laughs> so, Dr. Sears, you have written a ton of books on the zone diet and omega-3s and anti-inflammatory. Um, and I don't think we've even really touched on the zone diet yet. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the zone diet? And, you know, you've, you've come up with this concept and you've written, you've written a ton of books. I don't even know how many books you've written. <laughs> Do you even know? Oh, about 16 now. <laughs> but, but again, That's when amazing. We talk about, we talk, when we talk about the zone, it's not some mystical place. It was def, you know, defined really coming out of pharmacology, which is my background. Like with drug, if you give a placebo level of a drug, it doesn't work. You give too much of the drug, it's toxic. You try to give the right dose to maintain a therapeutic zone. Then the drug works. Uh, the concept was exactly the same when I started 40 years ago. What would be the right balance of protein, carbohydrate, and fat to keep the hormones that control inflammation in that same zone? And now you basically are saying, now I have a, an appropriate drug that I have to take every day because I have to eat. But the more I pay attention, the more I can control inflammation. And it's inflammation that makes me fat, that makes me sick, and makes me age at a faster rate. And so that was the, ba the background of the zone diet, and then beginning to add to it of you know, additional agents that you probably were not going to get enough in the diet, like omega-3 fatty acids, as additional supplements, but building on the foundation of the zone diet of controlling inflammatory hormones that control the, the quality of the rest of your life. So it's kind of building a, a, a constantly of an erector set, adding more things to it that help you maintain inflammation in that zone, and more importantly, to help cause the resolution of inflammation, uh, inflammation, which is really can be viewed as regeneration of tissue. That's the holy grail. 
Yes, yes. And, you know, uh, we hear a lot about neuroplasticity and how our, ab- our brains are able to basically rebuild themselves, you know, kind of like what you're talking about with neuroregeneration. And we just have to give them the environment to do that in. You had to, you had to give them tools. It's like asking yeah. uh, a master carpenter, make me a Louis XIV chair and here's a hammer. Like, we're, <laughs> yes. we're going to risk my tools. <laughs> yes. Um, so looking at all your books, I'm, I'm on Amazon right now, so I can see them all. Um, which one, like if someone were to want to get started, which one would you recommend as the first one to read? I'd say probably my most recent book uh, is called The Mediterranean Zone. Uh, it talks about another aspect uh, of of adding to our diet, these are called polyphenols, how they affect the inflammatory process. But it's a pretty good summation of the whole of, you know, evolution of the zone diet and basically how inflammation works and what you can do to control it so it doesn't control you. And you said that was the Mediterranean zone? Correct. Yeah, yeah, great. I'll make sure I get that link in the show notes for everyone. So, Dr. Sears, what, you know, we've already talked about a ton, but I feel like we're still missing a ton and I'm sure we could talk for 10 days about it too, but what, what are some other important points that we maybe haven't covered yet with inflammation and nutrition in general? Well, I think we had to kind of view what will be the future of medicine. The future of medicine, yeah. whoever controls inflammation will control the future of medicine. Now, who was the first one who saw this clearly? He was an old guy known as Hippocrates. And he said three things 2,500 years ago, which are more true today than ever before. The first thing he said, let food be your medicine. Let medicine be your food. The second thing he said, all disease begins in the gut. The third thing he said, do the patient no harm. Now, mm-hmm. our drug industry is basically we're up, up against a brick wall. Basically, it has gone nowhere of really for the last 20 years. So we basically say, what will be our new pathway toward a better health care system? It's one basically based on food, but treating it like a drug. Because I said before, whoever controls inflammation will control the future of medicine. And at the individual level, you can start today. Because in many ways, when you talk about uh, food and inflammation, you're also controlling the expression of your genes. That's a powerful statement, that you can mm-hmm. do start practicing gene therapy in your kitchen tomorrow. You don't have to wait for some breakthrough in science fiction. It's there. If you basically know the basic rules of the road, they haven't changed in 40 million years, and they won't change tomorrow, then you can begin to alter your hormones and to alter the expression of your genes two powerful statements that drugs can't do, but your food can do. Now, the question is, how quickly can this happen? Well, the data is pretty quickly, as, uh, pretty clear from Harvard Medical School, how fast diet will affect your hormones. The answer is one meal. Really? Every time you eat, you're charging, you're changing the levels of hormones. And so I say, I got it. If I can just balance protein, carbohydrate, and fat, I can control my hormones for a lifetime, saying, you got it. And the other aspect is how long does it take to change the expression of your genes if you're following the zone diet? We have that data too. The answer is one day. Within one day, that of about one-third of your genes, which are associated with inflammation, are depressed. 
Another 30 genes, which are re, uh, related to the resolution of inflammation, are increased. And that's a pretty rapid drug that works one day. The gas yeah. goodness. The bad news is you got to keep on taking that drug day in and day out if you want to basically control inflammation, keeping it in a zone where it's not too high but not too low. Now, is it worth it? I think the answer is yes. The challenge, I believe, in the food industry is to make it easier and easier for people to basically undertake that challenge and say, I can do this. That becomes the operational term. I can do this. And all of a sudden, we usher in a whole new area of health care and basically not looking to treat the symptoms of chronic disease, but to prevent their appearance. Rather than treating chronic disease, the goal should become maintaining wellness as long as possible. And from my perspective, you begin to find wellness as your ability to stay in that zone where you're controlling inflammation so it's not too high where it attacks our own body, but not too low where we can't fight off microbial invaders or heal our physical injuries. And I assume, you know, that that one meal, that also applies the other way. You know, if you have one bad exactly. meal. <laughs> and one bad meal will take you right out of the zone. But that's the good yeah. news. It's saying the hormonal changes only last five hours. So no matter how bad your last meal was, your next meal can bring you right back in that zone and say, okay, there's no guilt. We're all going to have bad meals. We're all going to go to yes. birthday parties or go out to baseball games. But the fact is, say, I'm only one meal away because I'm in control of my future because I know the rules. And they aren't changing in my lifetime. And I think, you know, how you just kind of sum this all up, it's, it's really powerful to you, – you hold the power yourself, you know, and not to feel – don't get down on yourself. Like you said, if you go to a ball game and have a hot dog and chips, you know, don't get down on yourself because and, you go and home a, and, a and <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and then you go home. But then that for dinner, you intentionally have a really good meal, right? So you have exactly. control over exactly. it, and just don't have that that guilt because I know that's a big thing with any sort of diet, you know, like well, and oh, and, and the word diet you know comes today. from the Greek root. The Greek root means way of life. We think of diet as a short-term period of hunger and deprivation to try to get in the swimsuit. But in reality, it's a way of life. Absolutely. the zone diet, and this this includes omega-3 fatty acids at therapeutic doses, the zone diet is a way of life of controlling inflammation. Is that a noble goal? I think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, But once you understand, say, yeah, it's like uh, water getting into your house. You try to make sure you have no holes in the roof. You close all the windows, and you take care of the leaks in the basement. But water is going to be constantly trying to get into your house and cause damage. The same is true of inflammation. It's looking for a way to get in your body, into the gut, into the blood, and into the brain. And when you have something like a leaky gut, the same underlying uh, molecular mechanisms that cause a leaky gut, they also cause a leaky brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, Dr. Sears, this has been such great information, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today and talk to our listeners. Um, is, do you have any final parting thoughts of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, other than basically you, you can be in control of your future, and you have complete mm-hmm. uh, you know, ability to do that if you choose to. Uh, but again, uh, oftentimes life gets in the way, and then we abdicate our responsibility to a third party, 
in for health. We've abdicated that to drug companies saying, uh, they say, eat whatever you want to. We'll have a drug to take care of your problems. Yeah, right. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. And with, well, with, this... no, with, with knowledge comes power. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sears. This has been wonderful. And um, like I said earlier, I'll make sure I get your the Mediterranean zone. Um, I will get that in the show notes for everyone. And just thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. This has been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, it, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you have really enjoyed today's show. I think Dr. Sears has given us all some really great direction um, of where to go with our, with our supplements and our diet and our nutrition to help with that inflammation. It's a very important topic for anyone with a brain injury. And just a final reminder that the Brain Health Online Summit starts on March 1st and will run the entire month of March. Um, I'm very excited for this year's lineup. We have some really amazing presenters. And again, the website is thebrainhealthonlinesummit.com. Be sure you're registered and we will start hearing presentations on March 1st. And another thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And just a final reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And you can find all of our past podcasts at facesoftbi.com. So thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of my journey. And I will see you all again in the next episode. Have a great day, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.